Welcome to The Abandoned Carousel, the show where I tell the story of the most interesting abandoned amusements and theme parks in the world. I'm your host, Ashley. This week, we're starting a mini-series that will run intermittently throughout the podcast, where we'll cover several interrelated parks from the Adirondacks area in upstate New York. This week, we're talking about Time Town, a small regional park with a space theme that was open from 1970 until 1981. So in the early 20th century, the rich and the famous came to the Adirondacks for their summers. They built second homes, mansions, cabins, and camps. As the century progressed, the area became more popular with the lower and middle classes as well. Even though large parks like Disneyland and Disney World opened in 1955 and 1971 respectively, small regional parks were still incredibly popular in the middle of the 20th century. These local, family-owned parks were closer and cheaper than their larger corporate counterparts, which made them a go-to destination for family holidays and vacations. These small regional parks flourished throughout the United States along regional highways and were for the most part charming and a little offbeat. Today I'm going to tell you the story of Time Town in Bolton Landing, New York on Lake George. Our story this week revolves around Ted Yund. Born in 1921, New York native Yund entered the U.S. Marine Corps in 1942, where he served until November 1946. He was a first lieutenant during the major World War II Battle of Iwo Jima in February 1945, where his unit earned itself the nickname The Spearhead. He was wounded during the battle and received several military honors, including the Purple Heart Award. After the war, he spent the remainder of his life owning and operating several businesses in Albany, New York, including the fondly remembered Time Town. So, as Yund was recovering from his injuries after the war, he began studying astronomy. It quickly became a passion of his. He purchased a large, powerful 21-inch Celestron 22 telescope, which needed to be installed on top of a dark mountaintop for the best results. The telescope cost $20,000 and was reportedly one of the largest in use in the eastern United States at the time. So Yund installed his telescope in a beautiful small white observatory at the top of Coolidge Hill Road in Bolton, New York. Then he decided to build a theme park around it. Why on earth did he decide to build a theme park around a telescope? Yund was asked this question later in life. 
he brought up the other theme parks in the area, saying, quote, The other parks seem to be doing well, so I thought an amusement park was probably a good idea. End quote. He also had 14 children, so he had a ready-made workforce built in. The park opened in 1970, operating late spring through fall. So the park advertised itself as a place for, quote, space age and yesteryear spectaculars, end quote. A 1971 advertisement proclaimed, quote, it's a park where history, past, present, and future come alive. From the exciting space age dynadomes, the simulated moonwalk, and the fully equipped observatory, to the authentic iron horse railroad, the antique car rides, and the many fascinating attractions, Timetown is a new world of learning and fun. End quote. The park was situated on a hillside and commanded sweeping views of Lake George's lakes and woods. The park's sculptures and attractions were created in conjunction with artist Gene Mundell through a company called Special Effects. Quote, I got the call to create and install works for a new theme park in upstate New York, recalls Mundell. I'd seen mass-produced things. I wanted to make one piece at a time, each specific to its location. End quote. The most commonly seen sculpture in the park photos that you'll find is the 17-foot-tall statue of a Neanderthal caveman called the Giant. And photos of the park from the time show children posing in front of this large caveman sculpture, and most of them are no, no taller than his knees or his fiberglass axe. And this must have been a lot of fun for a 10-year-old. The park's buildings were entirely geodesic domes, the, quote, space-age dynadomes, end quote. They were certainly unique for the time. A former worker of the park stated, quote, almost all the buildings were geodesic domes. This was a far-out thing for the Adirondacks. It had no relation to anything else. Photos from the park's heyday also showed a large number of costumed characters, indicating the general age of the audience, elementary school-aged children, and younger. Critters included a rabbit, bear, moose, fox, and raccoon, and they were referred to as the Adirondack Animal Review. Now, one of the biggest and main rides at Time Town was this flying saucer, a trip into the, quote, space age future. Now, this ride was a collaboration between Yund and Mandel, and we have a 1973 newspaper article that wrote about Time Town and the introduction of this ride. So we have a really good description of it. Quote, Visitors enter a teleportation room where they are prepared for their planetary trip. Then it's on to the planet where eerie landscapes, lighting, and weird audio effects accompany such sights as a fallen spaceship still emitting its last flickering light. Strange space creatures, space amoebas, gaseous trees, hypnotic rocks, monsters, space prairie dogs, hooded spider mice, and many others were also seen. Visitors leave through the saucer's star exit, which is a long three-dimensional tunnel that Mundell claims is a spellbinder. End quote. Visitors to the park certainly did find this ride memorable, 
with many of them writing about it when they reminisced about the park. One visitor said, quote, You entered the park by going inside a spaceship. Then you went through a tunnel or an underground room that would even take you to another planet. End quote. The park also featured a nine-person meteor slide, which was colored a brilliant yellow and a sky blue. Nine children at once could ride this 165-foot slide. Another of the park's main attractions was a train ride through the surrounding woods. Up to 40 people at once could ride the wilderness train through forest, tunnels, and ravine bridges over a half-mile trail. The train was a brilliant, gleaming cherry red with a shiny black steam engine in front, and it was called the Pioneer Valley Scenic Railroad. In the second year of the park's tenure, Mundell and Yund added a new sculpture, Astronauts, which was dedicated by Werner von Braun, the founder of America's space program. The funny story about this is that von Braun had apparently been enticed to the area under somewhat false pretenses. He had been under the impression the sculpture was going to reside in a public park. Mundell remembers, quote, He thought the statue was in a public park and that it was a tribute to the astronauts and space exploration. He didn't know we were a tourist attraction, end quote. The crowd for the dedication was smaller than expected, only about 500 people showed up. But von Braun reportedly still gave a rousing speech on the topic of U.S.-Soviet relations. The sculpture was stunning, over 20 feet tall, showing two Apollo-era astronauts floating in zero gravity. The fiberglass sculpture was beautifully painted and showed incredible details. Other park features were fairly standard for other small regional parks at the time. You had things like a helicopter attraction that could move up and down. There were imported antique cars for guests to drive over roughly paved highways. The park also featured a carousel, space-themed bumper cars, magic shows from, quote, The Amazing Monty Cup, a movie theater, and ventriloquist acts. The park also featured walking trails that had animated and lighted creatures around them. Not quite animatronics, but still interesting to look at. One of the Dynadomes apparently even functioned as an exhibit hall and showed dioramas with models of the first steamboat, the DeWitt Clinton Railway, the Indian Pony Drag, and more. And all of these dioramas apparently originally came from the 1933 Chicago World's Fair. The park is widely remembered for being a fun place to visit and fun place to work at. Most or all of Yun's children were employed at the park at one time or another. Every summer, some 60 college and high school students worked at Timetown. Quote, From the day school closed to when it reopened, we spent our entire summers there from morning to night, says the Yun's daughter, Margaret Demeter. At the end of the working day, everyone would go to the beach. Quote, the kids who worked at the park became part of our family and our friends for life. End quote. The park was a regional favorite, but it closed after the 1980 summer season. Mundell recalls, quote, 
When we got it going, we were hit by the gas shortage. The heavy influx of visitors dried up. Everything died. End quote. Causes for the park's demise are many. Many attribute the reason to low park attendance, the ever-popular reason for a park to be closed. Why did the crowds never come, or at least why did they never come in the numbers that were expected? In general, it was too far away from the beaten path, too far away from the main tourist attractions in the area. Yund remembers it, saying, quote, My big problem was the location. The town of Bolton wouldn't allow me to put up a sign on the road between Lake George and Bolton Landing. That certainly would have helped. End quote. The gas crisis that Mundell referenced likely also played a part, with families staying even closer to home, avoiding travel. In 2004, Yund also attributed the closure to the high cost of insurance for the property. In addition, many people have attributed the closure to the death of Yun's son, Michael Yund, at the age of 25, after a long struggle with leukemia. The park's famous telescope, Yun's prized possession, the Celestron 22, was also stolen around the same time, somewhere between 1978 and 1979, and was never replaced. All told, it was an emotionally draining time for the family and their family theme park business. The park officially closed in 1981. It isn't clear when exactly the park was demolished. Dustin, at the now-defunct Remembering Time Town website, visited the park with his brother in 1989 or 1990. They described the property as, quote, untouched, end quote, with brochures scattered on the floors of the buildings that they entered. They also described the park as seeming much smaller than they'd remembered it from their childhoods. So we don't know when, but sometime later, the park was sold to a property developer. The 44-acre lot was subdivided into a housing development, the first of its kind in the Lake George area, but not the last. Yund died in 2007 at the age of 86. In the woods behind the Bolton Landing housing development, there reportedly stands a 15-foot-tall fiberglass bear, one of the few remaining pieces of the park. The astronaut sculpture and many of the rides were moved to the nearby Magic Forest Park, which we will cover in this miniseries. Other sculptures from Mandel can be found at the current Six Flags Great Escape Park, as well as the local Goonie Golf Mini Golf Park. In 2018, Gene Mundell's astronaut sculpture from Time Town was put up for sale as part of the sale of Magic Forest paraphernalia. This piece is still available for purchase at the time of this recording, at a cost of $4,000. Vintage ad copy once read, quote, Time Town, where tomorrow greets you, and yesterday is just around the bend. End quote. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Abandoned Carousel, where I covered Lake George's Time Town up in the Adirondacks. This episode is part of a mini-series on regional theme parks in the Adirondack area. You can find show notes, photos, and links at my website, 
theabandonedcarousel.com. Remember to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher. I'd love to hear your stories about the Adirondacks region or Timetown. Email me hello at theabandonedcarousel.com or get in touch with me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at carouselabandon, A-B-A-N-D-O-N, and everywhere else across social media as at the abandoned carousel. I'll be back next week with another great episode, so I'll see you then. As Lucy Maud Montgomery once said, nothing is ever really lost to us as long as we remember it. <laughs>